good to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you, Brother Townley, for all of those kind words. Lord bless you. You may be seated. So thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, and His blessings, allowing us to be here to worship and to praise and to magnify His name. Amen. I love the Lord. I love this truth. Amen. Truth has been good to me. Truth been good to you today. I have no complaints, and I am thankful for God's goodness and mercy. Thank you, Brother Townley and uh, this local church family for putting on this men's conference, and uh, it's been wonderful. I was trying to think back. I'm not sure if I was here at the first one or not, but um, I don't. I don't think that I've missed over one since this has been going on, and uh, I have enjoyed it, I have been blessed, and uh, I have enjoyed it in the past more than I'm enjoying it right now, but uh, I enjoyed last night, and I'm going to enjoy in just a little while, after a couple of hours. <coughs> no. <laughs> I know we have uh, something good waiting on us from Brother Weeks, and then also over here, my far right, I feel like something good is about to happen over there, and uh, we don't want to stand in the way too long, not not too long of that, and uh, thank you local church and Brother Townley, Lord bless you for giving, and I think this is something that is very good, it's very important, and very needful for our day and the hour that we live in, thank you, and uh, last night was great, uh, Brother Morton preached to us from his heart. I so enjoyed the word of the Lord, and uh, I believe some men got it right last night. Amen. I believe some men got it right last night. Hallelujah. 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 And uh, some men, as Samson did, shook themselves and realized where they were and said, hey, I'm not going back to that pit no more. And I'm not going back to put my head in the lap of Delilah again, but I'm getting it right tonight. And I am grateful and thankful for that. Thank God for His mercy. Amen. Thank God for His mercy. Hallelujah. If it was not for the mercy of God, I would not be here today. And I am grateful for the mercy of the Lord. Good to see each and every one of you here today. To my fellow ministers in the gospel, Lord bless you for coming today. And uh, I am honored that you're here. And uh, for the folks that came from Silsby, thank you uh, for coming today. And uh, it does my heart good to know that you'd drive somewhere else besides your home church to hear me. Thank you for that. And uh, good to see my father-in-law and uh, brother Mac Daniel. And not everyone has the privilege that I have, and that's pastoring two pastors that pastored for over 40 years each. <laughs> and a lot of people say, Woo, that must be tough. No, that's not tough at all. That's good. Amen. I got somebody in there I can look at when things get hard and rough. And they say, go ahead. I just keep on a plowing. Amen. Thank you. And uh, these are two great men in my life. I honor and respect them very, very much. And uh, the Lord bless you for being here today. If you have your Bibles, you can stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord if you'd like. Isaiah chapter number 3, Isaiah chapter number 3 and verse number 10. Now I'm going to read a very uh, important passage of Scripture. I believe all of them are important, but uh, this is something, and don't judge me before I get through, and uh, don't cast your feelings and opinions about the text before we get through with it today. I do feel something on my heart, and I want to share it with you, and I feel the direction of the Holy Ghost. I, um, a few months ago, well, it was, I think, Brother Townley uh, asked me about 14 months ago uh, if I would uh, preach, and I count that an honor. And uh, at this particular point of my life, I don't know why I accepted, but <laughs> I do count it an honor. And uh, immediately I felt 
the direction. I felt that I knew what God wanted me to uh, preach, and uh, so I've been thinking about that. I went to the office the first of the week, and I started studying, and I started looking, and I started praying, and I got myself so confused about what to preach and how to uh, how to do this today. And uh, so I, I feel like I have direction of the Lord. Isaiah chapter number 3, verse number 10. The Scripture says, Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. The righteous is going to eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him. For the reward of his hand shall be given him. Every man is going to receive of him his reward. As for my people, then, then the prophet begins to speak to the people of God. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women shall rule over them. There's no women. Can they hear us in the kitchen? We better not let them hear this. And women shall rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy path. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Now, there is, this is a men's conference, and uh, so we're just going to have a good time today. We're not going to tell our wives what we've talked about today. And uh, <laughs> we're going to keep this closed circuit and uh, close. Uh-oh. That's not good. Y'all might need to cut that off. Um, but anyway, so much for keeping it secret. It's going to be out and open. We're going to tell the world today. And uh, because we're not ashamed of what we believe and what the Bible says. Can I get a good, hearty amen? Woo, that sounds, some of you are squealing. You're already scared. But uh, hold up, hold up. Could I have you all to stand just one more time? I want to tell you the title of uh, my sermon today before... I wanted to tell you this before you were seated because I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. Okay? So while you're all standing, the title of what I would like to preach today is, Will the Real Men Please Stand Up? Now you can be seated. I didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable and not able to stand because I knew people would be looking at you. So we'd do that. Uh, politically correct today. And uh, from now on, that's about as politically correct as it's going to get. But uh, we, are, we are chosen men of God. I believe that men have a purpose in life. And uh, men have a special calling in life. And uh, how many of you are married today? How many of you are happy? Hap, let's don't ask that. Um, how many of you have children today? Amen. You have a great responsibility. How many is thinking about getting married? Oh, my Lord, I'm quitting. <laughs> this is scary right here now. <laughs> if you're not even thinking about it, I, I tell you, I was thinking about it. Lord, how mercy. Girls caught my attention at an early age. And, um, and, uh, but, but there is a, a responsibility that men have. And uh, some men are, are married. Some men are looking to get married. Some men are happily married. Some men wish that every other man was married, that they could be as miserable as they are. And uh, so there's a lot of different categories that we can uh, fit ourselves into. And... Uh, I'm reminded of something kind of funny that was said about Winston Churchill and uh, Lady Astor. They served in Parliament at the same time, and uh, neither one of them could stand each other. And uh, they just had a terrible 
dislike toward one another. And uh, one day in passing, Lady Astor looked over at church, uh, Winston Churchill and said, If I were your wife, I would poison your teeth. And he looked back and he said, If I were your husband, I would drink it. So, I hope your relationship today is not as such. <laughs> so, there is, um, there's a lot of people and a lot of things they wish they could get out of. But um, I'm reminded of a, a little story that I read uh, that was quite funny. I thought also is that we, we men have a tendency to... Uh, to blame everything on somebody else. That, that's the way it started out in the very beginning. That man, uh, listened to a woman and the woman deceived him. But on his own accord, he ate of the fruit. But when God come looking for him, he looked for the man. And he said, what have you done? And he said, now it ain't my fault. It's the woman that you gave me. That's who caused all of this, God. Where you were unhappy before you got her. But but anyway, so uh, there there is everybody's familiar with watermelons. Watermelons are kind of oblong and and uh, kind of an odd shape. Most of them they have round ones. But uh, for the most part, we look we look at a watermelon as being oblong. They say that they have come uh, up with a a way to have a watermelon to grow square. Anybody ever seen a square watermelon? I, I've never seen one, but I, I know that they say they have grown them to be square. The way that they do this is when the watermelon is growing, they put it in a square container of the size, the shape that they want it to grow. And as it grows, it grows to fit that container. Some of us are in unhappy with our life but we are providing the container that life is growing in. And we look at everyone else to blame them, to talk about them, and say it's such and such faults. That's the way society is. It's always somebody else's fault. It's the environment. And I know people, uh, as uh, the preacher was preaching last night, Brother Clark had mentioned people come up in terrible, terrible situations, and I don't make light of that at all. But there comes a time that you have to realize, hey, if I want out of this situation, I've got to change what I am and who I am. And uh, <clears throat> some, of our <clears throat> some of our relationships is uh, like this. A man must be careful in his relationship that, that uh, we fail to honor our wives and respect them. And, uh, and uh, realize who and what they are. They said uh, married life can uh, be like this. Uh, this man gets married every year of his marriage. About the same time of the year, his wife caught a cold. Their first year of marriage, this was the husband's response. Sugar darling, this cold is making you mighty uncomfortable. Why don't you let your lover boy take his baby to the doctor to get rid of that nasty cold? Now, that's the first year. The second year of his marriage, she caught a cold. He said, darling, that cold seems to be getting worse. Why don't you call the doctor and get this cold taken care of? The third year of marriage, he said... You better lie down and rest and take care of that cold before you wake up the babies. During the fourth year of marriage, he told her, Be sensible now. Take care of the cold before it gets any worse. Y'all see the pattern here? Anybody a witness? Y'all can say amen today. They might hear you, but they don't know who you are. They know who I am. I'm in trouble. <clears throat> By the fifth year of marriage, he would say, 
You'll be all right. Take some aspirin. By the way, how about ironing these pants and this shirt for me to wear today? The sixth year of marriage, the husband would tell his wife, would you do something about that cold and start stop barking like a seal? <laughs> We're on a gradual downhill slide. The seventh year of marriage could sound something like this. And a lot of you is going to find yourself in this situation. Woman, do something about that cold before you give me pneumonia. <laughs> so we have to be careful about the uh, slippery slope that we start sliding down in our relationships. Fathers are very important. Let me read to you some things about the importance of fathers. These are facts about absent fathers. 24 million children in America, one out of three live in homes without biological father. A child with a non-resident father is 54% likely to be poorer than his or her father. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. A study of 13,986 imprisoned women showed that more than half of them grew up without their fathers. 42% grew up in single-mothered households. And 16% lived with neither parent. Children growing up without fathers are at a far greater risk of child abuse. 77% greater risk of being physically abused. 87% greater risk of being harmed by physical neglect. 165% greater risk of experiencing notable physical neglect. 80% greater risk of suffering serious injury as of a as of a result of abuse. And overall, they are at a 120% greater risk of being endangered by some type of child abuse. Now, all of you men that feel like that you are not important need to take another glimpse of who and what you really are. Amen. So many times... We put the blame on somebody else. We, we, uh, we play the blame game. The Scripture said, and now, now this is Scripture, so don't, don't get upset at me. Just get upset at the man who wrote it and uh, the Holy Ghost that moved on the man who placed it in the book. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 22 through 23 says, Wives... Y'all might want to read. No, don't try this at home. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Oh, you're weak. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 26 says, Husbands, now this is very important also, love your wives, not your neighbor's wife, not your brother in the Lord's wife, not the lady at the local restaurant. Oh, but she smiles at me when I go in. She's so nice. If you'd be nice to your wife, ain't no telling what would happen to you. Love your wives even as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He gave Himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. Verse number 33, Nevertheless, let 
every one of you in particular. So love his wife even as himself. I can go buy a thousand dollar gun. This pulpit's not big enough for me to crawl up inside of. But my wife better not go to Dillard's and buy a hundred dollar dress. Woo! That's good preaching right there, I'm telling you. I can I can go and do what I want to, but bless God. She better stay home and take care of the snotty-nosed kids. Now, I, I submit to this part of it because I don't even look at what my wife spends any longer because it disturbs me. <laughs> she, is, she takes after her daddy and not her mother. When it comes to spending money, she is quite capable. And uh, so, <laughs> she's probably listening at this too. Ain't so we need to treat them the way that we would want to be treated. The Scripture says, as for my people. Now, when I speak about my people, this is what's going on in my people. Children are their oppressors. We are in a mixed-up society today. We are in a strange world. Amen. We are in the world that men and women do not want to commit themselves to one another. They want to shack up in case there comes a bad day. We can do something different. And the homosexuals are wanting to enter into a committed relationship. What kind of strange world are we living in? I tell you what we need today. We need men that find their place in God. And find their place in relationship. Hallelujah. 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 Children are their oppressors. Man, I never once intimidated my daddy. My daddy was never scared of me. I remember one time in my young, stupid age of about 15, I knew everything at that time in my life. And I looked at my daddy. I said, you know, I think I want to leave home. He got real quiet. I said, I got this man where I want him. He's paying attention to me. He's going to hear my, my complaints right now. And I said, you know, <laughs> this is how stupid teenagers are sometimes. I said, I, I'll keep working for you because you pay pretty good. I want to keep my truck that you're paying for, too. I, I just laid it out, man. I come out with it. I, man, I had him quiet. I knew he was listening. <laughs> what I was underestimating was with the fury that he was going to come back with. And uh, so I laid out my complaint. And when he did say something, he had thought about it. And this is what he come out with. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, and trust me, it went south from there. Um, by the time he got through giving me the what for... I did not have him where I wanted him, I tell you. I did not intimidate him. But today, but today, children are their oppressors. You know what an oppressor is? It's the same thing as a dictator. Amen. When you look at it, it says it's someone that charges you, that holds something against you. And I, I better hurry. Lord, have mercy. I better hurry up. But 
But this is what an oppressor is. They, they hold all the cards. They're the ones that's in control. Man, it's obvious that I didn't tell my daddy, shut up, old man, because I'm standing here today. He would have killed me and told God I died, and I believe God would have understood. That, that, you know, but I, I look at, at children, little babies. My daddy, no. Oh, we don't want to get into what my daddy preached. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They gave me, we didn't have a lot of recordings of them, and somebody, one of my nephews put a CD together and cleared it all up on the computer, and I was listening at it on the way home the other day. Woo! I let my kids hear it. They said, did he believe in anything? I said, not if it was fun. <laughs> I, I see, I see children stomping their foot. I'm gonna throw a fit if you don't give me what I want. I look at children that look at their parents and say, "Shut up." Do what? I can't. I can't. Remember one of my children, I have four girls. One is uh, 18. The youngest is, uh, let's see, I think seven. They say, oh, it's because of girls. Girls are different. Shoot, I've seen some rebellious girls, too. There ain't nothing like a mad woman. Ooh, can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. Say, they don't know who you are. Say, amen. But. But they're, my kids had never told me, shut up, Daddy. I didn't put up with it when they was little bitty. And I don't put up with it now. Now, they may get mad and leave home. You know, I hope not. I hope they give their heart to God. And so, God help. Thank you, Jesus. They haven't given me any trouble. And I, I feel for people. That, that are going through this with their children. But, but I tell you today, it's time for us to get things back in God's order, in what God wants for our life, in the direction that God, God's way works. Hallelujah. 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 I remember... My daddy relaying a story to us. Every time, every time we would go by in Arkansas, they had the prisoners and they'd be out on what they called the chain gang. The prisoners would be out working. They was cleaning the ditches. And there was guys sitting up on the horses with guns and everything. And they was keeping them in line. And they was all chopping that ditch at the same time, man, in those striped suits. And they just having a good time. And um, they was all chained together. And every time we'd pass it, my daddy'd say, "You know what them boys are? Didn't matter who's in the car, didn't matter how old you was, didn't no matter how many times you'd heard it. Them are boys that their daddy couldn't tell them what to do." <clears throat> Some of them boys were boys that their daddy wouldn't tell them what to do. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And, and so he told me this story. He'd tell it all the time. And, and uh, this woman had this son that wound up going to the prison farm, which is a tucker farm in Arkansas. And she went down there this years ago and went down there and was talking to the, the warden of the prison. Said, now, now, Jim said, said, he's a good boy. And he's going to prison. He's a good boy. Now, Jim just has a little problem. Said, you can't tell him anything. But you've got to convince him that it's his idea. <clears throat> the warden, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We'll take that in consideration. So the next time she come down to visit Jim in the Tucker farm, he was looking through the glass and he said, Mama, did you talk to the warden? Oh, yes, Jim. I told him. I told him that they had to convince you to do something. They can't make you do anything. He said, from now on, if you have anything to say, 
Go tell somebody else. Don't tell these guys because they can make you do what they want you to do. Somebody is going to tell them what to do. It might as well be a daddy. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Your kids are not the boss. But sometimes a problem that we have is because we can't control the female side of our relationship to where, (laughs) help me, Jesus, I'm getting deep in this thing. But we can't control that, so we just give in and say what the use. But let me get into the root of the matter. I believe that it is in the chemical. I know we have lemons, we have lib, we have women's, we have women's this and women's that and women over here and women that and and women up here and women over there and, and all of these different organizations. But it's in the makeup. In the beginning, God created a woman for the man. And if a man will be a man, I am under the opinion and thinking that the woman will follow the man. Some of you are saying, whoa. That's just, that's, that's the way the Bible has it. And they were having trouble, or either the apostle would not have written this to the church at Ephesus. Saying, hey, now you better get things in order because we are dealing with the society that has been mixed up and confused. And that's the reason why we're where we're at today in America. Amen. I believe it was the philosopher Plato that once said about families. He said, a family that is mixed up and confused. Are, are, when, when a man is mixed up and confused. I, I don't have this all right, but the essence of it. He said that when this is what happened... We see it magnified in society. When families have things out of order, then it didn't start in Washington. It didn't start in the schools. It started in the home is where it all began to take place at. The home life got mixed up. The home life got got out of order and out of kilter and Then it moved into the schools, and then it moved into our government, and now it is moving into the apostolic church. Amen. Amen. In church trouble, this is another wise saying that my daddy said. I thought he was crazy when he said it, but after pastoring, I understand a little clearer. He said that, church trouble, the majority is stirred up by a woman. And I said, oh, that's kind of hard. Now, I'm not a male chauvinist. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. But, but he said, you can talk to a mad man. Anybody ever tried to talk to a mad woman? You better get out of Dodge, son, because there ain't no talking to a woman that's mad. Amen. But, but what happens is these things get stirred up. You've got to have a right mind about you, a right spirit about you. Amen. The man has to be the leader. And a lot of us, we want to be the boss at home, bless God. I got my, I am the man, and we come in there, and we flex our muscles, and we want to tell our wife what to do. But my Lord, it's the woman that shows up at prayer meetings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I went to a church one time when I was evangelizing. And uh, I was preaching, man, I was up in the front, and I was shouting. I looked, 
And there was a couple of us shouting and a little bit, man, the, we was up in the front. We had the front where, where I go to church. The men take over the shouting area. They're supposed to be the first ones up there. All the time it's not like that, but most of the time it is. And, uh, but, but we was up there having a good time. The pastor's wife come over and got me. She said, you mind going to the back? I said, what I do wrong? She said, oh, the women come up here to shout. Women come up here to shout, what's wrong? You ain't got any men in this church that knows how to lead their family in worship? Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. We need some men that know how to pray. Don't just talk about praying, but show your family how to pray. And how to live for God. Praise God. We look at David's mighty men. When the Bible is making record of the mighty men of David. And I'm trying, I'm trying to hurry. And the, 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 the record is making, uh, or the Bible is making record of the mighty men of David. The majority of the men who've done the great thing. Benai was one of the greatest of the great. He said he was a violent man, but he said he was the son of Jehoiada. Amen. When you look at these mighty men, it tells the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them, who their daddy was. There is something in a name. There is something in a manly figure in your life. Amen. I thank God for the men that I have. And I have had in my life that set up the boundaries of the way that things ought to be and the way that God ought to work in our life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. When you look at, at Noah, Noah is an interesting story. We've heard Noah preached about from every different angle and that you can imagine. But Noah... The Scripture said that, that God was angry with man. and But Noah, in verse number 8 of the 6th chapter of Genesis, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God spoke to Noah. God didn't speak to Shem or Ham. God didn't speak to Mrs. Noah. God spoke to Noah. And he said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. It is quite obvious that Noah's relationship with God did not start at that particular time. But his relationship with God went way back to where his wife knew that Noah is a godly man. I take my hat off to some women that will not follow goofballs. That they have enough backbone to stand up and come to church when the man is laying there sleeping on the couch. Amen. I take my hat off to some of them. But, but what you are trying to do and where you're trying to get in God, you cannot start and just take over right now. But they have got to see it, a progress in your life of faithfulness, of commitment, of sincerity, of dedication to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when Noah walks in the house and he said, God spoke to me. I heard from God today. It was not the first time that his wife had ever heard anything like that. They get the children together. Amen. They get the children's wives together. And they're sitting there, tell us, Noah, what did God say? Amen. And he told him that God said there's coming a flood. And God told me to build an ark. There is some men in this place today that need to start working on an ark of safety for your family. 
Hallelujah. 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 They didn't look at Noah like he had fell off of the latest turnip truck. Like he had been out on the backside of the field somewhere and gotten too hot. But they understood Noah as a man of God. Noah as someone that follows God. Noah as someone that has a relationship with God. And where Noah leads, the family will follow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The family followed him. The family began to work on the boat. Don't you think that they didn't suffer ridicule? Just as your family suffers ridicule when they go to school. Why are you dressed like that? Why do you look like that? Why do you have to go to church like that? Do you do this? Do you do that? Is your daddy the one that's down there building that boat? Are you helping him on that boat? That's my daddy. Why is your daddy doing that? Daddy heard from God. Are you crazy? But I know my daddy. I have faith in my father. If some way today I could get you men, and I know all of you don't have families, all of you are not married, but you're moving swiftly in that direction. If I could get you to understand the importance of just being a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The importance of being the manly figure. Not prissing. Not coming in. Oh, honey. I don't know today, but skinny pants just don't fit me. They're just... There's just something about a man that's supposed to have hair on his legs. Don't you act like I don't know what I'm talking about and you don't know. There's something about a man that's hair supposed to grow out your ears, your nose, your arms. Some men got too much time on their hands. Amen. I'm not trying to be like a woman. God created me a man and bless God. I want everybody to know I'm a man. Now, if you do that, Lord help you. You may be seated. That's not Bible. That's that's Homer one and one. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> But (laughs) Noah had a relationship that his family believed in and had confidence in. That if, if this man said it, I'm willing to follow. You say, oh, my, my, my wife won't follow because you, 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 you are not where you need to be with God. When you get things in order with God, now I know some of you may be dealing with spouses that are that are that are not going to church, and I understand that because there's there's many different uh, things here that we can deal with. But don't make me clarify everything that I say. But but we have we have got to get things in order. I know some men that oh they believe that the husband is ahead of the wife. Bless God. But the head of the wife leads his wife. He doesn't kick. She's not an old hag. She's not my old lady. Miss mm-hmm. Jody, if you're listening, you my sweetheart. That's what you. That's what I'm talking about right there. 
Yes, sir, buddy. Amen. I want to treat her like I treated her when I was trying to get her and convince her to walk into this relationship with me. When you do that, you'll keep her. Oh, praise God. Noah led his family. Let's get back on Noah. Noah led his family. They ridiculed them. Can you imagine? We talk about Noah. Noah, the scripture said, I believe it's in the New Testament, he said Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We don't look at Noah being that great of a preacher because he did not have that great a result. Only eight souls were saved on the ark. He saved a multitude of animals. Uh, don't even go there. <clears throat> but but he was a great preacher because he saved his wife. He saved his three sons. And he saved his daughter-in-law. That is an accomplishment. I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in truth. If we gain the whole world, I want to tell you, I believe in outreach and I believe in revival. But our main revival is going to come with our children, teaching them, saving them, reaching them, helping them. Noah walks up the game plate into the ark. And he's got his family. You may be seated. He's got his family. My Lord, if I can walk into heaven and I got my girls and I got my wife and they're following me hand in hand. Oh, the journey is worth it, church. Amen, men. We have a responsibility and it's worth it to him. Say, well done. Enter in thy good and faithful servant. And he walks into the ark, and the Lord shuts the door. People called him a failure. People called him crazy. People called him just just out of touch. But he heard from God. He had a walk with God. And he was able to relay that message from God to his children. Amen. We have to be able to relay this one God apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost message to our children. How long has it been since you sat down in the floor and you got out the Bible and you said, look, girls, look, son. I always refer to them as girls because that's all there is at my house. Getting a lot of them other things there too, but not by my desire. But but we set them in the floor and we teach them, hey, I remember one night I come into the house and girls said, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to have a Bible study. What, what are we going to study about? Bible study. I said, yeah, I'm going to teach you why you don't cut your hair. Daddy, we heard you preach that all the time. But you're going to hear it from my lips one-on-one in my house. The children need to see the daddy reading the Bible. Amen. I told the church the other day, I, I got Bibles on my computer, Bibles on my iPad, Bibles on my phone, and I read the Bible, and I'm, I'm looking at my phone. They don't know if I'm reading the Bible or surfing the Internet. I told them, I said, when they come in tonight, they're going to see me with the Bible in my lap. Amen. To know, hey, Daddy is reading the Word of God. Amen. Children are desiring to be led by men of God. Noah saved his family. It was not until after they came off of the ark. Don't you think that it was all peaceful and quiet on that ark? There was some miserable days. I'm sure they got seasick. I'm sure some of the family said, Man, Daddy, you sure you heard from God? Is this rain ever going to quit? Is this storm ever going to pass over? Will we ever be able to pay our bills? Just keep your faith in what God has told you. And Noah 
when he come off of the ark, the scripture said in chapter number 9, and God spake unto Noah and his sons. The first time that they heard from God personally was after the flood. But they had enough faith in the man Noah, the father figure, the real man in their life. So if you say it, I'm going to follow you. Amen. The Shuamite woman had a son. The prophet said, you're going to have a son. What can I do for you? I want a son. She has a son. The boy falls sick. He's out in the field with his daddy. He falls sick. The daddy doesn't even take enough time to take him to his mother. He said, one of the lads here, you take him to his mother. And he keeps on working. I'm working in the field. I'm working. I'm making a living. I'm making a living. While your children are at our home dying. But I'm making a living. Buddy, I'm working. I've got a new car. I've got a new boat. I've got a new house. I, I've got this. I've got that. Look what I've got. But your children in her home laying on their mother's lap dying. Where was the daddy? He died. She run to the prophet. We never find that the daddy even was concerned. But the mama was carrying the load. The mama was under the load of the death of a child. Mama's walking the floor. Mama's pacing the hallways. Mama's eating off her fingernails. Mama's on her knees praying. Daddy's just out in la-la land somewhere. It's not the majority of the time. It's not the mama that comes walking in with the destructive thing called the television. But it's the daddy. It's not the mama that comes in and says, I tell you right now, who does that preacher think he is? But it's the daddy that sits down at the dinner table and I says, I just don't agree with that. Oh, it's getting quiet now. What did I do? I hit a nerve. What did you say last night? Really? <laughs> it's, not, it's not the mama that says, I tell you what, I don't think there's any reason why we ought to do that or we ought to go to church on Wednesday night. But the mama's carrying the load. Sometimes the only spiritual figure in our family is the woman. And that's not what God has got in plan. If we could let God talk to us just a few moments, I, I'm, 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 I'm ready to, to quit. But it scares me. When I see men that are so unconcerned, you need to get your children. We wonder why we got boys that's growing up prison. Because the only figure that they have before them is the woman. They don't know how to get out in the yard and dig a ditch. My Lord, they can play the buttons off of a video game. They know how to work an iPad. They can't set up a tent. They don't know how to skin a... Oh, I hope we don't have any animal rights activists. A deer. They don't know how to catch a fish. Why? Because we're too busy. God gave us children. They are our glory. They are our possession. They're not a burden on me. God gave you a wife. She is your prized possession. It's not a burden. A relationship is not a burden. I wonder today, would the real men please 
stand up and take your place in the relate in the relationship of your home. Not just coming in and saying, Bless God, I'm the boss. Amen. But saying this is the way you pray. This is the way you worship. This is the way you go to the house of God. This is the way you give of yourself. This is the way you sacrifice. This is the way you live holy. We need a generation of men to come forth and step up to the responsibility and say, I'm going to take my place in what God has called me to do. I hope today that I have not bored you or wasted your time. But I hope today that some way, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I know we got another preacher following, going to do a wonderful job, but just for a minute, could we let the Word of God sink in our spirits right now, into our hearts, and say, search me, O God, and help me some way that the man in my spirit in my life would please stand up and take the responsibility that God has called me to do to be the rightful leader. You can't be the leader of your home when you're visiting websites that you should not. You've got to put up safeguards before you men. It's destroying relationships. We talk about television and the evils of Hollywood and entertainment, but we got it on our phone. We got it on our computers. We got it with us everywhere we go. Men, guard yourself. Please hear what I'm telling you today. It's destroying you. It's destroying our young people. It's destroying our youth today. Oh, God. Children are their oppressors. And women are ruling over them. Somebody talk to God just a moment right now. Just a moment. Reach out to the Lord. Holy Ghost, help us today. Holy Ghost, help us today. Holy Ghost, help us today. If you're going to be the man that God has called you to be, you need to delete some contacts. If you're going to be the man that God has called you to be, you need to stop some social networking. If you're going to be the man that God has called you to be, you need to safeguard your life against the onslaught of the devil. Protection. Amen. Build up a wall. Build up a wall. Build up a wall. You are responsible for your I wonder if there's a man in the house that wants to step out and say, God, I want to stand up and take my place. God, I'm lacking in areas of my life, God, but I want to do better. Oh, I want to make some changes in my life right now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, help us to lay your love in. 